Hey, my name is Dropframe and you're listening to Between Two Subs. This is a show about electronic music and electronic music culture. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Um, I hope you have all been very well this last fortnight. Um, I have had a bit of an emotional week this week, <laughs> uh, but I'm going okay. Uh, I'm happy. I'm really happy, actually, to be doing this episode. Um, it's one that I have been looking forward to, and it's one that I uh, have the very big privilege to speak to a friend of mine um, who also is a very prolific uh, festival photographer. His name is Simon. Uh, his website is Simon Photography uh, with a P-S-Y, Simon. And he he's truly a master of his craft. Um, his photos are amazing. They capture the essence of the dance floor, of performance, of the amazing sort of rich culture that festivals have and it was actually really lovely talking to him um so that's going to come up a little bit later in the episode uh but also this this episode is going to be a little bit longer uh than normal just because i really wanted to explore a lot of topics with simon and yeah so it might be about 10 minutes longer than normal um but come along the journey and i'm sure it's going to be a really fun time so I'm going to start off the episode uh, with a new segment, and uh, it starts off with probably the most ridiculous intro jingles that I've done on this podcast so far, but it's really fun. So introducing... Every time I hear it, it makes me laugh. <laughs> but uh, this is Artist Spotlight. So uh, the idea behind this really is just to spotlight an artist that I really love. An artist that I would hang out for every new release to listen to and sort of go along the artist journey as well. So this week, the Artist Spotlight is on an artist called Modus. So my introduction to Modus was through hearing tracks that sounded really unique in the sets that I was listening to at the time. So I was exploring Psytrance and exploring that whole culture and that whole music um, and the subgenres within it. And I found that the tracks that I heard from Modus always tended to be completely unique, completely creative approaches rather than the sort of traditional triplet kick and double bass that you'd normally get in Psytrance, which everyone would sort of consider the gallop or sometimes referred to as duggers in Australian culture. And it's it basically sounds like duh, 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 that sort of sound. So you would have heard that if you've heard Psytrance before. It can make people go mad. It's a sound that if you're not prepared for it and if you're trying to sleep and it's, I don't know, 4am in the morning and you're in a tent and you hear that duh, 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 over and over and over again, uh, it can make you really not want to ever listen to that music again. So <laughs> you've heard me say that it's a bit of a rude word sometimes and I think this is the main culprit. I personally have no problem with the triplet bass um, but I can totally understand when people can't really get into it. Um, but, but Modus, I think, is like a really nice 
introduction to Psytrance, the Psytrance sound, without without that gallop. And and he has this incredible sort of sound to him. I'd highly recommend just just check him out. Really, um, he's he's a he's a pretty prolific DJ. So he's been he's been playing all around the world. Uh, he's played at Azora Festival, which is a massive Psytrance festival, um, and he also played at Esoteric uh, in Victoria, um, which is a, a festival that I went to uh, before the pandemic happened. Um, one of the best sets at Esoteric, probably the best for me, honestly. It was a fantastic set, and you can you can hear the whole esoteric set on his SoundCloud um, highly recommended he's from Israel and I'm going to play a song of his uh, this is Modus with Saw Lead and the track is LMXL and it's a bang, enjoy sample of that track it's um, LMXL by Modus and Saw Lead highly recommend checking out Modus's esoteric set it's absolutely fantastic amazing music um, and as I said before it's sort of a, a different approach to psychedelic music that isn't all about the Duggars <laughs> um, but I think now it's time to speak with Simon uh, so um, like before, like the last episode, um, my microphone situation isn't set up just yet. Hopefully in the new year, I will set it up so that I can do um, interviews live with two mics. Uh, but with this one, I had to do it um, sort of bit by bit and then and then sort of re-put it together. So hopefully it still sounds great. Um, it was a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Um, this is Simon from Simon Photography. Okay, so for people who don't know you, what's your name and what do you do? Uh, my name is Simon and uh, I am a festive photographer that goes under Simon Photography. Um, I've been doing festive photography for maybe 
a good part of a decade now. And yeah, it's been a, a very enjoyable journey throughout the, throughout the 10 years I've started. So what, what sparked your interest in photography? Yeah, I'm, 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 a bit, I'm a bit of a nerd, to be honest with you. And I love to like geek out and things. So, you know, I am a... You know, I'm a programmer as well, but day trade as well, and I love doing things like geeking out of things. And one of the things I geeked out of things when I was younger was camera gear. I love camera gear, so um, I learnt it during my TAFE days when I was uh, learning to be a software developer. And I had I took a photography class. So since then, I've always been interested in photography. So what what drew you towards uh, festivals as a subject? Yeah, um, it's actually interesting that uh, I started going to festivals in around 2012 and at first I actually didn't take photos of festivals. At first I was just, you know, a, uh, a punter. So, you know, I was a punter for many years before I started taking photos at festivals and slowly but surely I just started taking my camera more and more often. and. Um, and I think uh, as time went on, I just slowly spent more of my time taking photos and I really enjoyed it. And after a few years of just taking photos from own accord, I actually started picking up gigs at festivals and people really liked my stuff. So from them onwards, I was just like, most of the festivals that I would go to would be just for gigs as taking a, uh, as a photographer. So yeah, that's what I've been doing for the last maybe six or seven years it's just like doing the whole festival circuit up the east coast of australia and europe as well just taking gigs as a festival photographer and that to me is how i do festivals these days it's like i maybe do like one or two festivals a year as a punter these days i find it more enjoyable to actually contribute to you know the culture and the vibe and uh for me to spend extra time on doing the festival photo thing is a small sacrifice to uh to pay for all these memories that we'll have in years to come and when we look back on the, you know, these times where, where we really enjoyed it. So, so how did you network to the point that you're at now with your festival photography? Yeah, that's actually an interesting one, right? Um, yeah, like, like I, I, I always get the question like, uh, how, do I, how, where do I, how do I get my first gig on how do, if I wanted to start, where would, where would you want to start? And, uh, for me personally, it wasn't. I didn't start to get gigs. I just take took photos as enjoyment for myself. And I think that's very important because as soon as uh, you start trying to like demand gigs from people, is when things go a bit weird. But uh, I just started taking photos on my own accord at festivals, and um, I kind of built up my portfolio. And then I just started applying for small festivals, and then. After a few small festivals, I got my I actually had my first big breakout big festival at Rainbow Serpent, and uh, so I, w- I was very grateful for that opportunity back in the day. Um, I think it was the year 2015 or 16, and from there, after I did Rainbow Serpent, it was um, it was a lot easier for me to get gigs once I get had a few big gig festivals down pat. So, so what are your favourite shots to get? Do you go? F- looking for like really specific things when you're shooting festivals yeah i think um i think every photographer has a different style or things I like to go for like you get some photographers who you know um love to get your attention take photos of you 
and there's photos like myself who just I try to be um, not there basically so I try to not disturb anyone and try to take photos of people in a natural environment um, and uh, I take photos mostly in the afternoon uh, that's my favorite shots it's just afternoon lights and I, I'm I'm actually not the biggest fan of front of house photos which is the ones when you know front of stage and all that there's people who love to get the shots in front of a DJ and all that I do it out of necessity because I'm expected to do it but it's just very the energy is always chaotic there I don't, I don't I always rather be in a dance floor with people to be honest with you like that's just, that's my, that's my jam but obviously I go up there because I'm not shooting for myself I'm always shooting for the festival and the festivals always want these big artists with you know the flashy lights and all that yeah but sort of photos I like to take is uh, afternoon shots you know of the crowd I love to capture the festival as it happens rather than me being part of it and another side photography style I like to take is performance shots I love performance as in like uh, performance arts um, cabaret shows fire performance and all that that's my, that's my jam as well so, so you, you touched on this before, but what would you say to people who want to get into festival photography? Yep, yep. Um, yeah, just start taking photos at festivals. Just do it on your own accord. Um, take a variety of photos. Like, um, I think most people uh, don't realise that festivals don't really care too much about portraiture like you do it because you love it everyone loves those photos of like people blissing out the sun with their hair flicking in the sunset but festivals actually care about the other stuff a lot more like care about people at the market stores people caring about people washing their hands and putting rubbish in the bin and all that stuff that you know festivals have to take care of and photos are generally pretty rare so if i was going to give advice to someone who wants to get a, a really good album out i would just say like just don't spend all the time in the dance floors go around taking photos of performers take photos of the markets take photos of the campsites and the stuff that you know that the festival really cares about but are also neglected all the time but yeah and just do it on your own, own accord put out albums and i'm sure you'll be recognized soon soon yeah yeah it's, it's a really good point about the sort of holistic view as well because uh, i because i would imagine the festival want to have you know, shots of all the other wonderful things in the festival, not just the dance floor and that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that's what the difference between like the uh, the junior photographers and the more senior ones. The senior ones know that they have to get they're they're the ones at the you know the performance stuff or the opening ceremony because um, I always have like a timetable with me with all the stuff that happens because I'm like. Like things like uh, dance floor shots, I, I can always get them. But things like opening ceremonies or performances or certain things, they happen one off. So you have to actually be there. So that's that's my whole gist for photography as well. Like when when you know the light's not correct and it's not as nice, I'll probably be you know chilling. I'll just have to go to the places where you know things are happening where there's one off things. But during the afternoons, that's when I like it's go time for me. It's when I work hardest, yeah. Okay, so tell me about Psytrance and uh, what you love about it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a really uh, loaded question, right? Um, I think the thing I love most about Psytrance is the 
global appeal to it. It's kind of like a community that uh, that follows around. I just love the fact that I have met so many people around the world. Where from from a, I've met the same people randomly that in the United States than I've met in you know a cricket bed, a Croatia, or a a sun-swept hill in Portugal. You know what I mean? It's kind of like this massive community that moves around. And, and you know it's 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 always always changing, always moving, and I always feel like I'm a part of a community when I go to Sidetrans festivals. It's it's very it's it can be it can be very niche. I understand that Sidetrans is not for everyone, but for me it's part of the culture. It's part, it's part of a lifestyle, and yeah, it just I just love it absolutely. Yeah, the, that threat about about that. Okay, so this is a bit of a curly question um, <laughs> for people who are a bit hesitant towards. Psytrance. What do you reckon they're missing out on, if anything? Yeah, it's um, it's, it's a funny one, right? Um, I have a funny story about about that. I remember um, Eclipse that you also went to, and uh, there was a Psytrance stage, and uh, and people camped right next to it, not knowing that it was a Psytrance stage, and. Um, I I read on Reddit afterwards that people compared it to a, a gumboot in a washing machine. Which which totally makes sense, but didn't 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 so I totally understand people why people find it pretty abrasive. Like and I feel like to enjoy it you have to be in the right headspace and right mood to enjoy it. You have to come with open open mind and I totally get it. Like I, when I first heard it, I thought it was chalk on a, on a you know scratching chalk on chalkboard. But I think you have to give it a chance, be open-minded, and sometimes it's just not for you, right? And I think people's uh, first exposure to Psytrance is sometimes n- the more abrasive ones. But Psytrance is such a massive genre. Like you can go from you know the most hectic stuff to the most chill daytime stuff, and I just think you need to find your introduction to it and find the kind of like genres you kind of like. You, it's, it's it's like writing off a whole genre of music, right? I think you just like it's just you have to find the ones you like. It's, it's like saying I don't like rock. I mean, what kind of rock? There's so much, there's so many artists, so many different things. There's so much different types of side trans that I think if you're writing off the whole genre, I think you're you're missing out on a lot of fun, basically. So I reckon give it a go. So what what specific like? style of Psytrance or, or Psytrance artists would you go for? Um, and, and why would you go for these guys? Yeah, um, my actual Psytrance, uh, you know, appetite is actually pretty big. Um, I know some people just listen to things like Progressive or some people just love the darker stuff. I actually like it all. Like, uh, I like... I like different genres, and if I like it, I like it. Like I, I love the slower stuff, like the daytime, like the aboga kind of zen and stuff, which is you know your daytime stuff, and all the way up to, um, all the way up to you know the darker stuff, like which is a, like uh, like my favorite Asher genre to party to is probably uh, forest, which is a very fast kind of like side trance genre. Um, examples of that would be. You know, a, a Pavati, which is a label that comes from, I think it's based in 
Denmark, but most of the artists are like all over the world. And um, yeah, that's 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 my yeah. But I like it all to be honest with you. So talking about festivals, what are your what are your favorite festivals, and why are they your favorite? Um, favorite festivals. Uh, I have so many. I could I, I'll quickly go through my favorites. I don't have a favorite. It's just like I feel like every festival has a different thing they're trying to do and a different you know magic they're trying to portray. Um, you know, I I'll get down on a small one with a few hundred people and the big ones, right? So in Australia, I think my favorites would be. Uh, Rainbow Serpent will be obviously one. It's my local, my, my favorite because it's my, my OG, my original stopping ground. It's kind of like, I love it still because of its size and all the fun stuff that happens and all the, the culture and thought that goes into things like music and art and performance. So it's got the full package for me. Um, I obviously enjoy the, the Northern National Parties also have a bit of magic for me. My favorite from North would be, uh, Earth Frequency was probably it's probably the most humble beginnings and awesome festival and I've also got a bit of a soft spot for Dragon Dreaming as well but again there's so many good festivals in Australia we're actually really fortunate that we have such a good culture of different festivals but um, there is a festival in Europe I go to every time I can which is Boom Festival um, I went to Boom in 2000 and 14 and it, it literally changed my life like it's a festival that goes for nine days on this little lakeside of this desert oasis in the middle of Portugal and it's a uh, yeah there's something really special um, boom it happens biannually like every two years so you have a it's hard but you have a chance to go to it every time which I have since 2016 and it's yeah there's something very magical about being to a festival for nine days and going it's almost like a pilgrimage to go from australia to fly over to fly to lisbon get a bus out there and the music the, the stages the uh the culture there is something that i think that everyone needs to experience once if you're into that sort of music and another one i would also like to call out is a festival that happens yearly called modem or memento demento in croatia um it is very different from Boom. It plays very hard side trance for nine days. So you've really got, you've got to have your wits about you to uh, enjoy it. But I myself don't like side trance. It gets that dark normally. But it's one of those things that once you're in the right place, the right mood, and the same right sort of people, you just get down with it. And it's something that you ha it's uh, something to behold. And the stage design in that place, you, you feel like you're in a little... Ewok City. It's like yeah, it's in the forest. There's like multiple levels, and you can't even see the DJ. So you're looking at this big, massive eye that has in front of you, and yeah, it's something crazy. Look it up though. It's a, it's something amazing to see. Yeah, modem looks fucking amazing. That that sort of super lush environment uh, looks incredible. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's like just like when you're looking like when you're on like it's like a big eye. And then there's like a big, like a big swampy like dance floor, which is small. But then there's like stages and like platforms everywhere. It looks like in the middle of the Ewok Village. Look, looking down, and it's like wave of people and all that. And this is yeah, it's it's so crazy. But then you go like, it's top of the mountain. Then you go down, probably like ten to twenty stories of stairs, and go down to this like 
this is the second stage down there and that's where they play like the chill stuff and then there's this the um xenon stage and it's called the swamp and it's gonna it's got this turquoise river running through it and it's just like freezing cold turquoise water and something so amazing and see like you look and something something that kind of party would never happen in australia because it's like safety stands throughout the window there's no it's like uh this is like it just wouldn't happen because it's just like it's just eastern european classic eastern european but yeah it's such it's so amazing it's definitely a festival I'd, I'd love to go to at some stage just looking at the photos looks incredible um but yeah maybe maybe soon maybe when things settle a bit so do you have anything exciting coming up for you in the next few months um i'm looking forward to this little thing called the pandemic to be over so we can get back to doing the whole festival thing um i've i've missed it like going to festivals and taking photos it's such a big part of my life um i think i was racking up like 10 to 12 fo- 10 to 12 festivals a year on average which takes about two months and a year every year for the last five years and for that just to totally disappear was a bit of a bit of a shock to the system so i'm looking forward to it, it's not a return straight off like it was before there's some big plays that might not come back you know what i mean so hopefully it comes back and i'm looking forward to festivals happen again i think the next one for me is probably elements um in queensland that's a very good festival and it's run by very nice people so i'm looking forward to that one and yeah i'm just looking hopefully uh a europe season happens next year which uh, I st- I've still got my Boom 2020, you know, gig still there. So hopefully it can happen in 2022. And I'll probably go to Murdom as well from there as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome, man. Is there, is there anything else you'd like to say? It's, uh, it's been a pleasure, Tom. To, uh, thanks for having me. It's been, uh, it's been really awesome having a little chat with you. Hopefully this uh, little podcast today grows, grows and maybe one day I'll be back and you'll have, you have a few behind you by then. So that was my chat with Simon from Simon Photography. I'll make sure that his links are in uh, the description of the podcast. Make sure that you look at these photos because they are incredible um, and also a really lovely guy. Uh, so thank you, Simon, for, for being, being on the show. And for a last little piece of music, I'm going to play a track by Smilk. And Smilk is a uh, Victorian producer um, who who's on the whole Australian festival circuit. He's doing amazing, amazing gigs, amazing music. Um, this track is called Vivian's Testarossa. And I think it's a fantastic, a fantastic track name, really, for the song. Um, it sort of goes along the same lines as the subtopic, I think, for this podcast, which is sort of new and creative approaches to... Uh, to Psytrance or to, to a sort of similar Psytrance sound um, and avoiding that straight Duggar sound. <laughs> the Duggars, the, the triplet bass. Um, this track is fantastic. Uh, I've, I always enjoy Smilk sets. I've seen a few of them and they're fantastic as well. Um, this is Smilk, Vivian's Testarossa.
track is a real journey. It's really worth listening to the whole thing. Unfortunately, I'm only going to play a little clip, uh, but this is Milk uh, with Vivian's Testarossa. Um, awesome track. I really love the the synth sounds that Smilk makes. Um, they're super unique. You don't hear anyone else who's making those sort of sounds. Um, and they sound incredible on a dance floor. In a, in a doofy dance floor, there's nothing that sounds like Smilk. Um, so really, really cool music. And that's the end of the episode today. So thank you so much for, for listening. Uh, for me, it's been actually quite therapeutic doing this because uh, I've had a bit of a week. Uh, but it's been really lovely. So, so good to speak with Simon. Um, if you've had a good time, please consider liking, uh, following on SoundCloud. This is the whole podcast is now on Spotify as well. And I'll have it on Apple, um, Apple Music soon as well. If you've enjoyed it, please share it with your friends. Uh, that is the best way for me to reach new people. There's quite a bit of effort that goes into making these, but it's something I really love as well. So uh, I, I want to continue doing it and I'd love to increase the audience um, of this podcast. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic fortnight. Um, I'm probably going to take a little bit of a break over the holiday period, uh, but I'll make sure that everyone's aware of of that and then probably start again in January. But I think there might be one more episode uh, before the Christmas period. So have a great time until then. Um, all the best. Love you all. See ya.